Hi, how's it going? I hope everyone's doing well after a lovely, lovely week nine of the NFL. Week nine's not over yet. Michael McQuay, Colin Cronin, and I believe Bino O'Leary is here as well. I've seen your, seen your tweet earlier on. How's it going, boys? Good? Very good. Yeah, what a, what a week nine. Wild week of action. And uh, what I can say, though, is the happiest man in the NFL is not Urban Meyer. It's not Mike Vrabel. It's Tom Brady, because even when he is not playing, he's winning. Yeah, what what a weekend. I mean, every weekend. Here we go. I know, Fred, I'm, I'm in hold. Look, let's just hold off for the fun. We've got a long show ahead of us, Fred. Don't ruin it just yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, look, every week when we're doing the lead up to the, the weekend, we always touch on the fact that it's always one or two shocks and Where's that shot going to come from? But the last two weekends in particular, it's been just so many surprises. It's hard to. I was looking through our picks today, um, and uh, we didn't we didn't uh, do very well at, on certain games. Some and Michael, you did quite well on some some shocking some shocking results. But boy and ours, look, there's so much to get through. And um, some teams are going to get slaughtered tonight. It's going to be funny. I think the thing you're saying about me there, like I, I obviously appreciate that very kind comment, but the reality is there were some games I should have picked the, the obvious team and then I would be sitting here like a champion. But uh, when you say your team is going to get beat by 40 points, there's not much I can say. Welcome to everybody watching the show. There's 50 people watching right now. Feel free to comment on YouTube, on Twitter, and we'll try and read them out. We're going to try and get through as many games as possible tonight before we look at Monday Night Football tonight, which is the... Bears going up against the Steelers. We're delighted to have Tommy Rooney join us around 10.15. There is the Messiah, Justin Fields and Najee Harris, presented by Trust, presented by Matchbook Betting Exchange. Thanks to everybody for joining in. If you want to keep firing on the chat, lads, we'll try and get through it uh, either during or after the, the talk. Let's kick it off. Um, let's look back on as many games as we can last night. Bills, Jags. Genuinely, I'm not just saying this. I had a feeling when we done the live show on Saturday, I had a feeling that something was going to happen to Bills. I watched the Miami game and I thought, mm, I know they got it towards the end, but by Jesus, Colin, what happened to Buffalo Bills yesterday? That's, uh, well, there's that there's that many things wrong with the Bills. I don't even know where to start. Yeah, I imagine they want to know what happened yesterday because they need to get it figured out and they need to get it figured out quickly. Obviously, the the talking point is around um, the two Josh Allens and Josh Allen sacking Josh Allen, but it, you know, and that's the one that gets a lot of play. But it wasn't just the sack; it was the eight tackles, two for loss, the interception, the fumble recovery, uh, and it's not a, a huge surprise that you know the Jags Josh Allen had a good game. We saw him in London have a great game. I uh, came up with an enormous uh fourth down stop at the towards the end of that game and he's been very good during his time in the the league. But for the Bills it's it's an issue with the the line and as you said Michael the problems that emerged during that Dolphins game came back to to haunt them. Their own Josh Allen was under all sorts of pressure. And it was interesting. I was listening to the PFF podcast earlier, and Sam Monson made a, a fair point. The, the new kind of generation of QBs want to make plays happen all the time. And so they maybe hold the ball too long, or they try making a throw that just is almost impossible. Whereas um, the likes of your Tom Brady and your Peyton Manning were willing to just throw the ball away. 
And he yesterday took some sacks or took some chances that he probably shouldn't have. You imagine he'll learn from them. But the Bills have got to get it together. They've got to get away from the number of penalties, 12 penalties yesterday. Uh, every time the you know red zone went to them, you thought, oh, they're going to get it going. It just never, ever happened. Kudos to the Jags. Um, you know, it was a it was a big win, and it was it wasn't a fluke at all. They absolutely deserved it. Yeah, the Jags also missed three field goals. Him could have been a little bit more comfortable than it was when it wasn't comfortable in the end, but they got there. What I picked up on him today when I was reviewing this game was how one-dimensional the Bills went in this game. He had 72 yards of rushing. 50 out of those came from Josh Allen. The running back, the running backs had a shared combined handoff of six carries throughout the game. So as well as as good as they've been on offense, I mean, you need to balance the team. And I suppose that's to the point you may call them. They're always looking for the big play or the, the, you know, the big ones down the field. And like, just, you don't necessarily have to go conservative, but the balance allows you to take teams off kilter, defense off kilter, and then you you free up your players down the field. That didn't happen yesterday because Jacksonville had a scheme where they went cover two in the middle and literally said, right, beat our secondary and beat our safeties and beat our linebackers. And they couldn't. Because it was literally throw, throw, throw. And just on the Josh Allen sack, Josh Allen fumble, Josh Allen pick. I mean, if you didn't know who Josh Allen was, and or either Josh Allen, and you turned on red zone last night, you knew by the end of the night because the amount of time Scott Hansen called it out. My God, he was wetting himself last night. Um, one final stat in the game, which is reflective on the fact of how big a favorite they were. Only six teams since 1990 who are 50 and a half points or more for, uh, underdogs have actually managed to win a game. So it's, it shows the rarity of how often this happens. For the Bills, they're, I think they're fortunate because they're going to rebound next week against the Jets. And uh, I know the Jets have had their couple of shocks, but I can't see if, you know, it's apparently coming off this defeat. I think they'll rally and they'll get it right next week. Yeah, I've seen Pitchers Feeder saying there it was the second second best game to watch this weekend the reality is in more ways than one the bills lost yesterday the patriots won yesterday uh it's an intriguing way to set up the season and as it stands the raiders will play the bills in the wild card weekend matchup uh i couldn't believe column that that bills team went out like i obviously said about the jags but i didn't actually think the bills would go to jacksonville and play that poorly well, what was interesting, I saw it earlier, um, was Kyle Brandt, uh, who we've given a lot of love to on, on this show at times, but he had tweeted a few weeks back about the Bills not having a bye week, that the Bills had a bye month, because they had the bye week then followed by the Dolphins, the Jags, and the Jets. And uh, the Jags called him out on it. But it you, you you cannot get complacent in in this league. I think it cost the Bengals last week against the Jets, and it may well have been one of the factors in the Jags' victory. A lot of people being calling for you know people looking ahead to potential head coaching changes, whether it's during the season or you know with the Raiders situation and other coaches that are under pressure, and then obviously come the end of the season that Black Monday anyway. And Brian Dable, the offensive coordinator for the Bills is the name that keeps coming up because that Bills um, offense has been explosive. But what we've seen over the past two weeks, and despite the Dolphins' frailties, like you touched on it on the show at the weekend, Michael, how, and it, I suppose it was, it was relevant to why you picked the Jags, that they weren't convincing last week at home to the Dolphins against a team that had been putting 30-odd points up on six games in a row, and it took 16 points in the fourth quarter for them to pull away. So he's as a coordinator, he's had two, two really poor games. 
So it'd be interesting to see how they how they rebound off that offensively in particular. Very difficult day for Bills Mafia. There was a lot of Bills Mafia that watches this. I, I know it was very hard for them to watch yesterday, but uh, they will come again, boys. I I have no doubt. Uh, Sorry, Bills, uh, as you I, I thought one of the funniest things I saw on Twitter last night was a Patriots fan. I can't recall who it was. Someone who was who does like to engage was saying, "I wonder how the Bills Mafia meetup party is going tonight." Oh, here. Well, shout out to Buffalo Bill. Um, Buffalo Bill, Bill's era. Um, it's hard luck, lad. Next week, next week, a any given Sunday. And the next game that we're going to look at is probably the best example this week of any given Sunday. Um, I don't know how in the hell the Dallas Cowboys lost by that many points to the Denver Broncos yesterday, who apparently were sitting at nine o'clock Eastern. Colin, we've had a quarterback for, for 10 minutes, they were waiting on the cover test coming back. I don't know where to start apart from the fact that I had reasons to call them out. I have no no, no issues in saying that. I'm not going to apologize. I mean, they, they've been woeful three out of the last four weeks. So, well, four out of the last four weeks. But uh, it is what it is. An unbelievable result for Vic Fangio. Uh, what was your thoughts on that result in, the, in Dallas yesterday, Colin? Uh, a huge shock. I mean, uh, given everything going into it, given the injuries, it wasn't just the, the COVID situation, Michael. You had Bryce Callahan gone on IR. You had Garrett Bowles uh, out at left tackle. Uh, you kind of a, a patched up line. And um, the what, what was int interesting to me was the fact that Peter King said that 30 and 0. He was the most stunning thing in a, a Sunday of surprises. That was the most surprising thing to, to him. I, I think it's, you know, again, a combination of a number of different factors. I think complacency from Dallas and a bit of arrogance from, from Dallas. They went for the on fourth down uh, very early on and got uh, got blown up twice. Uh, there was the, the run from Zeke and then there was a pass from Dak. And that, you know, Justin Simmons was hugely important in the Broncos' defense. But I think that set the tone. And the the Broncos came out super aggressive. Now, you'd have to ask the question, where was this team up to now? But also, you know, it was a team coming off that was supposed to be reeling from the Von Miller trade. But my goodness, for, for almost the entirety of the game, up until the, the last kind of seven seven minutes or thereabouts it was all um the the broncos um they beat them up on on every which way now the bounce of the ball went the broncos way okay the the punt i mean i'm watching this game 30 years and i'd never seen anything like what happened on the the block punt and the, the cowboys celebrating and right they looked and then all of a sudden the the broncos had had the ball back but you'd have to say um, really impressive performance from Teddy Bridgewater, really impressive performance from a beat-up Olai. Um, and the, in fairness to, to the belly, he had a, a huge role in making the, those holes for Javante Williams and for, for Melvin Gordon. So uh, the, the, the key is consistency. And the, there was a, you know, there's a lot of talk, obviously, from a lot of Broncos players, a lot of frustration, I, I think, during the week, a lot of talk about, you know, they wanted to shut people up. The best way to shut people up is to keep this going. There is no point in this team putting in a performance like that 
a, a statement performance and then going to lose to the Eagles next week. So it's really important for the Broncos that they keep it going. And I, I think what stood out to me, though, as well, was Trayvon Diggs. The Broncos went at him all day long. Tim Patrick had a field day. Um, Diggs also giving away um, some penalties against Cortland Sutton. And if, if he's not getting interceptions and he's giving up plays like that, he's an enormous liability for, for the Cowboys. So for the Cowboys, you'd have to say, you know, it's it's got a bounce back game. They need they need that next week. Is this a one off, or you know, have the the Broncos uncovered a way to keep that Bron or keep that Cowboys offense quiet? And um, once you're talking about Trayvon Diggs, I mean, I called her out a couple of weeks ago that he's a boomer bus player. You know, he's great with the interceptions, but what people then fail to to reflect on a game is how many yards he gives up to receivers. And it was the same yesterday. But the run game for yesterday for the Broncos, 191 yards combined between Gordon and Williams. Williams' first 100-plus game as a as a rookie. It was great to see. And the Broncos held on to the ball for 41 minutes of the game. Completely outplayed. The the uh, the Cowboys, uh, McCarty came back after, after the game and said, we lacked energy. Well, to me, that sounds like you went into the game complacent and you know, they got burnt. And then you're, you, know, you didn't touch on your, your secondary because we've, we, you know, during the offseason, we were talking about Fuller coming in from, from the Bears, which looked like a great pickup. Hasn't really materialized this year. Looked like he was going to be traded last week, potentially before the deadline. He had a really effective game yesterday. Sertain was really good. Derby had a good game. I won, and and the, you touched on the pass rush because everybody felt there wouldn't be with Von Miller gone, but they got they got to him yesterday on the outside. Steel, the, the Cowboys struggled because the left tackle was ruled out yesterday and Steele had to play and he was all at sea. He just couldn't he couldn't compete with the, the Broncos front seven going after him. It's a really good win, but I agree with you, Colin. I mean, this is an opportunity. I said it on last Monday's show, four and four, you're trading away one arguably one of your greatest players of all time. And I felt like this this division is so competitive. And like now, a week later, you're only one game out of first place. Just goes to show. But ultimately you've got to beat teams like the Eagles. We'll come to them later. Um, but you've got to you've got to follow up with this game because the next week's a gimme. It is a gimme, as long as you don't look too far ahead. But it's a great win. And for the Cowboys, I mean, Fred was touching on there about how he's been big and rough for the last week. But poor Fred yesterday, I mean, he's blown bubbles at 6 o'clock, you know, with West Ham beating Liverpool. And by 9 o'clock, he was probably blowing a gasket. So I felt for him a little bit yesterday. But his time will come again. And there he is. Uh, shout out to NI Bronco who said Dallas Argens on the early fourth downs played in the Denver Suns. Yeah. Great to see in Jerry World. Uh, couple of friends called me you know all those boys were over at the game yesterday they said it was like a home game at one point um and yeah no I'm i mean I, I, and, and the, that's not just broncos fans saying that that's cowboys players who came out yeah. to say um they were embarrassed by the fact that they the broncos fans took over that that stadium can't imagine uh, either of the joneses will be particularly pleased by that uh, shout out as well to Shannon Sharp, who's clearly had a wonderful 24 hours. It's been a long time coming. It's, it's been it's been a, it's been a long uh, it's been a long season for Broncos fans. I don't know, boys, what to say. Um, I you can't fault the team in that performance. The Teddy Bridgewater plays like that every week. Jesus, the sky's the limit. They're in in what like I mean, it's it's a competitive division, but and we'll and we'll talk about this in a minute. It, the Chiefs are nowhere near good enough to win this division, so it's there for the taking. Whoever wants to take it, so I. You're right, Brian, on what you're saying there. That that Eagles game is a is a gimme to an extent, but I've seen this team too many times to be yep. to be let down, and I've already got a bad feeling. But maybe I'll be the optimist on Sunday's show. What we saw from Teddy yesterday was what 
I think George Payton wanted it of him, what expected of him that he could control, he could he could control that offense. There's players there that can make plays. Don't don't turn the ball over, and we'll always give ourselves an opportunity because they felt the defense would be so strong. The defense, uh, I would say, this year hasn't played up to the expectations, and ultimately, I think that's what's cost you. I know Teddy's had some iffy games, but you know, it's a defense holds them in games like they did last week. Washington game is a poor game, but defense did enough and allowed them to win the game. So. The big ones are ahead, but they're still they're well in with an opportunity now. It's in particular wild card as well. The uh, the other thing that really the, the commitment to the run, which the Broncos have yeah. lacked um, all, all all season long up until yesterday. I mean, they, they found a way to utilize the two running backs yesterday. We talked about how other teams have been doing that quite well. That made an enormous difference because suddenly the the Broncos weren't so one dimensional and. Teddy had Teddy wasn't running for his life, you know. Earlier on in the season, when the Broncos were even more three and zero, Teddy was running for his life at times. That Giants game in particular, there were times if the Giants had you know gotten to it, it could have been very different. It was a much much better in in it was a, the best performance in the Vic Fangio era, and that's why the consistency aspect is key. You have to build on that now. But I don't know whether the credit, sorry, Michael, I don't know whether the credit should go to Shomer or whether it should go to Fangio, but I, I was banging my head last week after watching that Vikings-Cowboys game because the Vikings just didn't use, like, you're, it's staring you in the face, you know, try expose them with their own defence. I mean, they didn't do that last week with Cook. And fairness to the Broncos, they stuck with it. They knew that was an opportunity to go at them. They didn't shy away from it. They kept at it, and they got 191 yards. Love Javante Williams, boys. Uh, Fought out to Graham Glasgow. He's out for the season. Graham was on the show in the offseason. Hope you get better soon, Graham. Uh, Chargers and Raiders are both five and three. Chiefs and Broncos are five and four in the AFC West. Patrick Mahomes was talking about him in the wee while, boys. Let's look ahead because we have Tommy Rooney coming up in about 25 minutes. Ravens, Vikings. For me, game of the day. Enjoyed it immensely. 34 to 31 Ravens in overtime. Uh, what was your thoughts on the game, Colin? Well, we talked about it on Saturday night. This is a Vikings team who play to the team that they're playing against. It's it's always close, no matter if they're playing a good team or or a bad team, but they happen to be playing a good team in, in the Ravens. And the Ravens were in need of a bounce-back game after um, that performance uh, against the, the Bengals. But they, they got it. And it's interesting because Lamar Jackson has absolutely turned the narrative um, on its head. It used to be that... Oh, once you got a, if you got a lead on the, the Raven, they wouldn't be able to come back because, you know, Jackson uh, couldn't, couldn't claim from behind. Well, now no lead is safe after coming back from 19 points down against the Colts, now 14 points down against the, the Vikings. And I, I saw um, a next-gen stat, which was Sunday was the Ravens' fourth win this season when having a win probability of 15% or lower at some point in the second half. Week two versus Kansas, week uh, three at Detroit, and week five at Indianapolis. So they are very good at uh, pulling victories from the, the mouth of defeat. For the Vikings, it's it's an infuriating loss in, in the way they gave it up. Um, and I think especially after Barr came up with that big interception in overtime and they got one yard, they won yard after that. I mean... Like you have to wonder um, where, because they have good players, and at times they've been decent on offense and defense, but they they find ways to lose, and it's got to be frustrating for that fan base there. 
Yeah, it's frustrating in particular because this offence that has the players there just for me isn't just performing to the, to the level it should be. We said it last week how they should have had the opportunity to win the game against the Cowboys. Like 31 points yesterday, one touchdown off special teams and that one massive one to Jefferson early in the game. And then I look at Cousins in total at 187 yards. Thielen, two catches for six yards. Cook, who's on the perimeter, is a really good catch and running back. Three catches for 12, for 12 yards. I mean... They got the opportunity in overtime after the interception from Barrett, you said, and they still couldn't. They couldn't do anything with it. It's just so. It's just so. As a Vikings fan, you must be putting your hair out. They've lost five games this season, and, and within those five games, they've lost by seven points or less. They're in all these games, but yet they just find ways. And for me, it is down to the offense. The offense is sporadic, plays when it wants to. Um, and uh, Gary Kubiak's son took over. You know, he's he uh, Clint Kubiak. He's the offense coordinator, but. I'm not sure he's going to be there in the wrong one because I just don't think he's the answer. He just like Martin Dale blitzed on him yesterday. He, he's he's keen to do that. He did it against the Chargers, and he had one on one so many times, and yet they still can't get it done. It's just it's beggar's belief. And you put by 14 points in the third quarter and still give the game away. It's a Jekyll and Hyde side. And just sorry, you touched on the marketing. I don't know if you touched on the column. The Chiefs game as well in week two. They were down by 14, 15 points in that game as well. And they came back. So they've had three really strong performances. But what worries me is when the, when, the, when it gets to the back end of the season and you put yourself in a hole like that, trying to pull back 14, 15 points, the danger is it's not going to materialise because you're going to be up against better sides who now have to you know, close out games. So that's a risk. But look, the Ravens are always entertaining. When well, you've got a kicker like Tucker, it's pretty much a given if you get him in overtime and you give him the opportunity he's going to win the game for you. Kirk Cousins has thrown for a larger completion percentage than Tom Brady so far this season through nine weeks and has less interceptions, albeit Tom Brady has got more touchdowns and more efficient offense. Is it Kirk Cousins or is it what's around him? Well, you look at the stats. Like, like I'm looking at it here on that like two players who you expect to be really dynamic in the game. And Jefferson at the 50-yard and then he went away after that. He didn't get, he didn't get very many looks and, and Thielen who's one of their strongest wide receivers is only catching two two balls for for 10 yards in the game like, come on it just doesn't make That's any sense doesn't um, make any sense really and like you look at it I'm sorry if someone looked at it and said 34-31 but like there's a special teams touchdown joining it for me look I, I, we're, we're going back on it again to have the ball in overtime with an opportunity to win the game haven't had it the, the interception when they took the interception the large majority of people would have felt right they're going to do enough to, to at least give themselves an opportunity they went conservative just doesn't make any sense really one thing i meant to mention uh but 10 15 minutes ago uh mark hogan done a graphic on it the other day as well anybody that's appeared on manning cast has been on to lose their game that sunday josh allen appeared it's now oh you're now zero and six so uh, i'll find out who's going I, on the show tonight I, i'll put my i said i said on on saturday the only way I could see the uh, the Jags winning was the uh, was the Manning cast curse, and I predicted Josh Allen was going to put an end to that. Boy, was I wrong! And um, well, I'll tell you what, I couldn't sleep last night because I'm still sick. Uh, I watched the majority of this game, and by God, the Tennessee Titans boys, without Derrick Henry, put an absolute beezer down on those on the Los Angeles Rams to the point where the twenty eight to sixteen scoreline is flattering in my opinion uh men against boys what a win column for the titans who had a horrible week with henry and have turned it around on prime time in la yeah definitely uh a, a weekend where if you lost 
um, you know, one of your superstars, you went out and put a, a, a kind of a statement performance down. The, the Titans were definitely um, assisted by Matthew Stafford having uh, a disastrous game. Uh, they got 14 points in 11 seconds off of two Stafford mistakes. And you kind of go back to what we were talking about er, er, earlier in terms of QBs w- wanting to, to make plays rather than kind of just throwing the, the ball away to, to live another day. But in fairness to, to the Titans, they, they took advantage of it. Uh, one of the things you, you'd say in, in relation to the, the Titans, they, they learned from last year, right? I, I've sometimes heard talk in the NFL that sacks don't matter. Sacks change games constantly. Um, Shaq Barrett and uh, last year's Super Bowl, uh, the you know so many other examples. But last year the Titans had 19 uh, sacks in the entirety of season, 30th. Um, only the the Jags and the Bengals actually had fewer this year. They have 23 sacks. They're tied for fifth. That's made made an enormous difference. And the other thing that stood out to to me one one play. Uh, the Texans talked last week that they had a plan for Aaron Donald and how they were going to stop him. Titans found one. Um, get his own teammate to take him out. Uh, Leonard Floyd on Tannehill's uh, walk in for the um, touchdown. If you have a look, Leonard Floyd absolutely annihilates Aaron Donald. So all you got to do is get one of his own teammates to, to take him out. That's how you stop Aaron Donald. I think McVeigh is, is really believing his own hype on Matthew Stafford because they went zero protection on, on some like 40, it was 48 pass plays for, for the Rams yesterday. And of those, they said 50% of them, he had no fullback, he had no running back in there to help it blocking. The offensive line was getting beaten up all night and he continued, and he didn't do anything to correct it. And uh, it's strange because they, and then the secondary, they held Cup, the highest yards Cup got on, on receiving reception, it was 17 yards. So they, they knew we need to take him out of the game, he's the most effective player. That defense for the for the Titans, which struggled last year, as Colin said, and they've rebounded well this year. Jeffrey Simmons had three three sacks in the game. They were all off on that offensive line all night. They couldn't handle them whatsoever. So it's a, it's a huge win. And then discipline as well. They gave 115 yards of 12 penalties the Rams throughout the game. So again, that's something that we're not used to seeing from a McVay team. It just goes to the situation of did they go into that game being complacent as well? Like Adrian Peterson had 11. Uh, 11 handoffs for 26 yards so it wasn't like he came in and, and held their own game it was all about that defense last night i don't think they expected it and huge win for the titans who are 7-2 and rolling nicely you look at their schedule they got to play the texans they got to play the dolphins play the jags they play the texans twice i mean they're going to get you they should get up to 11 wins so they're going to be in the in the running for that number one seed if teams keep going the way they're going shout out to trez win saying tighten up Vrabel studied uh, Bill Balichick, McVeigh's a one-trick formation. Pony says Patriots feeder. Ian O'Brien, Rams laid an egg last night. Stafford was awful. Ramsey could have been ejected. Um, shout out to Irish Titans, boys. I was sitting insomniac last night seeing all their tweets. Great night for them. But the thing that really impressed me last night was under pressure, Tannehill got the ball off, not just to AJ Brown, but also to Julio Jones and Jeff Swaim as well, and Nick Westbrook. They really need to try and improve on the run game now and try and get a more balanced run offense. But uh, they really shut people up last night, boys. My God, they were uh, tw- they were twenty one three up at halftime, and the Rams were booed off the field at halftime. You know, people turned up to LA last night expecting 
expecting a walkover win. Uh, just one final point. Something that's floating under the radar. Jim Swartz, who was previously you know, a defense coordinator with the Eagles, and he was head coach of the Lions, and he obviously has an aggressive style of coaching, in particular on defense. And he's he's gone into uh, Tennessee now to to kind of play a supporting role for the defense coordinator. And it's hard to not to believe he's having an effect on that defense because from what we're seeing now, as opposed to what we saw last year, um, it's it's night and day. And you know he's well known for. Been a really effective defensive coordinator. I wonder how much of involvement or some, how much of the reins Vrabel has handed over to him in terms of supporting the defensive side and the management. Because you know what we saw last night, and what we've seen over the past weeks. I mean, since they lost to the Jets, they've beaten they've beaten the Chiefs, the Bills, they beat the Rams, and you, and you have and, and within those games, like their defense. You know, I know the Chiefs are having their struggles, but they still only they held them to three points, which is no mean achievement. Like so, big big win for them. And we, we talked earlier about Justin Simmons and how important he was for the Broncos. Jeffrey Simmons had a game. My goodness, three sacks um, and just was all, all over the place. He really having a breakout year, five and a half sacks on the season. And it's not massively unexpected. They've had a lot, they've had a lot of faith in him. He was one of the reasons they were willing to let Jarrell Casey go when they allowed him go to, to the Broncos. But just to acknowledge the role he, he's playing, he really had a brilliant night last night. I really enjoyed the game last night, but it's time to move on, boys. Um, I can't wait for this because I can see the Odell Beckham jersey not in the back at the minute, Brian. Maybe it will be at half ten or something if he joins the Giants. No, and we're, anyway. we're, we're, we're not in. We're not in. We've already confirmed it. <laughs> well, the Odell Beckham effect was very much in... Well, I don't know if the Von Miller effect's true, Colin, but the, the, the Odell Beckham effect, by God. The Browns last night, boys. My God. Joe Burrow. Last night is one story, but Baker Mayfield played like a man, reinvigorated. Brian, I'll start with you this time. Are you, are you ready to throw yeah, it for ahead, and, Yeah, and, um, and, uh, go, go I, for it. I, I, I touched on this game. I, I had an off-kilter conversation on this game. It was in, strange in many ways because the Bengals started so well on the opening drive. And, you know, they're in the red zone to give up pick six. It's literally sucked the air out of the stage. And from there, they never really recovered. Burrow never really recovered thereafter. I know they... They got back level with Joe Mixon touchdown, but it was just it was the Browns' offense that we saw to a large extent when they went into LA a couple of you know couple of weeks ago, expansive, explosive, and long balls down the field and players getting open. That's what we saw out of them last year as well. So it's a big win. I mean, the Bengals have just they haven't fallen off the cliff, but you know, it, look, that game yesterday was always touch and go. You know, we I think nobody ever felt it was going to be a blow out in either way but for the Browns to win there and put down that marker yeah maybe it is the Odell Beckham maybe it's kind of the the relief that he's gone but I'm not sure that entirely that's the case because there were so many players last week some including the Browns players that came out in support for him so I think there was a bit of a mixed bag there in terms of who, who wanted him there and who didn't but for Baker Mayfield having been criticised it was great for him to come out and put in that performance very strong and Chubb sorry Chubb like when Chubb is on his game you know I know we took Sean Derrick Henry but Chubb is up there He's one of the arguably one of the better running backs in the league, and when you have him rolling, you know it's it's it's, it's a great help because the last few weeks, with the exception of Ernest, Ernest Johnson in that game, like last week against Steelers, they couldn't they had no run game and it completely demoralised him because it, it was Steelers knew what to do, just play play zone and pick up every player. So to get the run game going again, it's a big difference for him. The column: Nick Chubb, twenty-six receiving yards, one hundred and thirty-seven rushing yards, two touch, two rushing touchdowns, nine point eight yard average. Did you have a Chubb watching that last night? Because my God, that was unbelievable. 
from the Browns, in my opinion. 41 points up against the Bengals. Well, I suppose at this point, the with Derek Henry out injured, is it Nick Chubb or Jonathan Taylor, who's the best running back in the, the league? He's incredibly talented. And the thing is that, you know, I, I imagine for, for the Browns, honestly, the opportunity to just play a game was probably a great for all of them because there was just so much drama and so many comments over the, the week. So to get onto the, the field um, was great. You have to say, um, Brian mentioned the, obviously the, um, the, the pick six um, Ward per PFF. He allowed one 11 yard completion and a pass rating of 0. 0.0. Um, you know, Burrow came out and talked about, you know, he just had a bad game and, and he did and he put his hand up and acknowledged it. Jamar Chase looked shocked. He had an absolutely unbelievable opening seven weeks. We all know that. But uh, if Mark Hockerell was here, he'd definitely talk about Icarus and flying too close to the sun. Jamar Chase sitting on the sidelines yesterday just looked shell-shocked at times. He really looked like he didn't think, I have arrived in the NFL and... You have to give kudos to the Browns secondary. Um, Jamar Chase is going to have a very good career, but the Browns secondary yesterday showed up and uh, they were they were really, really good. And again, Bo, it, it's all about consistency. The, ba- the Browns are back in the mix, and partly that's because of the DFC. I saw uh, a good tweet uh, which said that, you know, you, you could have uh, the, the AFC, you could have a, a, a playoff competition before... Uh, it takes place because right now there's so many teams in the mix. What the question is, what happened to the Bengals? That's what's come in there. I think, yeah, I think it sounds a bit silly, but there's teams in the league and we've seen it here where they, where they win a couple of games and they, they catch a lot of people off surprise. And then all of a sudden people are saying they're going to go to the playoffs as how you, I think it's how you manage to handle the expectations. Then when, when you start winning games and people expect you to win. And that game last week, to lose that game in the manner they did against against the Jets, haven't had that lead in the fourth quarter. I think that game is still playing on their mind. And they came back against a team that was, I suppose, they were obviously, they were bullying as well, having lost to the Steelers last week. So it probably wasn't the ideal game for them to come back on. But we look at the Bills and we, we, we touch on the fact that next week they'll play the Jets. And with all due respect to Jets and their fans, it's probably the ideal game scenario for the Bills to come off. Coming off a loss and then playing the Browns, who have had all that controversy with Beckham. Probably wasn't the right matchup for them. But look, the Bengals will continue to do well. I just don't know if they're going to have enough in the end. Like you look at them, um, we tweeted out today the the standings for the playoffs. I know it's it's week nine, but you look at the you look at the AFC and you look at what's in the as you say on the bubble or potentially a wild card. I mean the Broncos and other teams are there. So it's whether the the Bengals will be able to continue at the right. I'm not sure they will in the long run. But they, I think they'll be happy with what they get out of the season, but I don't think it's going to materialise with a playoff spot. Time will tell. Time will tell. We've got Tommy Rooney come up in just under 10 minutes to look ahead to the Steelers-Bears game tonight. Thanks to everybody watching so far. Please get your comments and use hashtag IrishNFL show. If you comment on YouTube, we can put it on the screen as well, technology-wise. Uh, let's look at the Packers against the Chiefs. Aaron Rodgers not playing. Uh, Trey Bradshaw had a very, very interesting discussion on Fox Sports before the game, but I'll say this, boys and I'll, I'll i'll leave it at that yesterday tom brady was in a bye i have brady in my homes in my fantasy team i started trevor Simeon ahead of patrick Mahomes yesterday and he got more points column uh this, this chiefs team if they were playing Aaron Rodgers last night would they've won the game 
No, they they wouldn't. But that means that Rodgers cost his team the game. Absolutely, and absolutely. they have to live with that and what that might mean. Russell Wilson will be back. It might mean anything. Maybe they will be the number one seeds. But um, I I think it also highlights the and I I keep banging the drum on this. You've got to start young QBs. It's all very well Jordan Love and the potential. Jordan Love started last night. Magic, wow, sitting behind Aaron Rodgers. It's done nothing for him. Absolutely nothing because he looked just like a rookie QB making his first appearance in the league. Jordan Love may go on to be a decent QB, but it doesn't matter how long you sit. You don't magically, through a process of osmosis, take on um, the starting QB's qualities. If, if players who have sat and then got been successful did so because they were always going to, to be successful. I think you've got to start it and get it out of the way. Um, the, the couple of things, the, the Green Bay special teams, oof, nightmare. I mean, what was Tom McMahon um, the special teams coordinator for the Packers? Because it looked like it last night. And yeah, uh, Michael, if honestly, if I am, um, and I said this to, to Brian uh, earlier on today, coming out of that game, even though the Chiefs win, uh, the Packers will feel a lot happier. The Chiefs had... 237 yards of total um, offense on 63 plays, 3.8 yards per play. That's that is not good. Um, given you know they weren't they weren't you know it's not like Kelsey was out. It's not like Hill was out. It's not like Mahomes was out. Whereas obviously for the Packers, they're going to get Aaron Rodgers back at at some point. So um, you know it's. Um, it's it's a big uh, it, it's a big issue for the Chiefs and if you know it's an interesting one because we the AFC West five wins everyone has it but the Chiefs if if how, how often can or how long can it go on where we'll say the Chiefs are going to figure it out they haven't yet but they've got lucky over the past couple of weeks the Giants will feel they left the game there and the uh, they they got to play a Packers team sans Aaron Rodgers. It's it's the first time this season they've won back-to-back games. What's striking for me is I saw it on Monday night's game against the Giants and last night, the body language of some of those players. I, I said it to Colin today, it's very off-putting. There's something wrong there behind the scenes. It'll probably come out in the long run, maybe in the off-season. Mahomes doesn't look happy. Um, Kelsey certainly doesn't look happy. They completely seem to have lost connection with one another. They didn't score in the second half. They only scored six points on Monday night in the second half. That offense is far removed from the offense that we're so used to seeing. And we just assume it's a given that they'll get it together. And maybe, it is, as we've, we touched on recently, they're just not going to get it together. We said on the show at the weekend, all their games coming up are against really strong sides who have winning records. Next Sunday, Sunday night football, they're going into Vegas. I know the Raiders lost yesterday, but for me right now, I can't see how they get to live with that Raiders offense if that's back on song. And then for the Packers, yeah, I, I, they're going to look at this one as a game. Even with the situation with quarterback, Colin is right, I mean, these days, you know, Parkers are probably one of the few, and they, I suppose you could throw the Chiefs in there because they did hold Mahomes for a year. But as you said, everybody knew Mahomes was the, the talent that he is. Um, most teams are playing their quarterback within three to four games, give or take, once they come in as a rookie. Packers, yes, they left that game behind. Missed field goal, blocked field goal, muff punts. I mean, to, you know, they gave the Chiefs every opportunity to win the game. That game was there for them yesterday. So it's, a, it's a killer because... We said it now, they're, they're out of four seed. We, we didn't probably expect the Cardinals to win as handsomely as they did, but they're out of number one seed. They've got the Seahawks coming up and they've got some other big games, you know, further down the line. 
they might you know live to rule that opportunity to have the games in Lambo come the playoffs. Um, I don't know what was up Troy Aikman's back yesterday with Jordan Love. I'm not sure if something happened pre-game, but I think some of his comments were, were just unacceptable. The, the reality is if Jordan Love had another five or ten minutes in this game, they would have won the game. I have no doubt whatsoever. He was getting comfortable towards the end. We can talk about the Packers having issues first, second, third quarter. Mid-fourth quarter, when the Packers finally got it together with Jordan Love, albeit it was one touchdown, you're thinking, they get the ball back here, they have a chance. Another four or five minutes, they would have scored again and won the game. Um, have we any quick points there before we get Mr. Rooney on? I agree with you on, on Troy Aikman. What, from the start of the game, he was he was he was so negative about the Packers. He, look, he obviously has some issues around the Rogers situation. A lot of people do. Everybody does. But mm. um, I felt his commentary yesterday was very off-putting. And it's gas him being critical of a, of a rookie quarterback. His first year, he was one in fifteen as a Cowboys quarterback. Maybe he should take time to reflect on his own career. I know he's gone on to insert balls, but I mean, give the kid a break. The kid was put in a situation yesterday which was difficult for him going into Arrowhead. Maybe better days are ahead for him, but I'm not sure in the long run. Yeah, look, I mean, I I wouldn't be too off put with uh, his performance just here as a Packers fan. Like the first game, not an easy game to go to, especially when you got one of the greatest teams of all time in Kansas City and and a five hundred million dollar man a quarterback. So they've done very well looking at the scoreline. Let's move on very quickly to try and get over a couple of games here. Uh, We'll have a quick look here at the Patriots boys. Colin Patriots getting the win. Mac Jones, uh, I have a good stat here, which I saved for tonight. Mac Jones joins Andrew Luck in 2012 and Prescott in 2016. He's the only rookie since the merger to have five plus wins, 10 plus pass touchdowns, and 2,000 plus pass yards in their first nine career games. The thing that impressed me more was the defense and also Sam Darnold's a serious issue there, Colin. Uh, yeah, well, look, I'm not surprised Mac Jones is, is the perfect fit for that system. But what, Mac Jones, he truly became a Patriot last night. Um, it, because have we all seen the ankle grab? Truly, he, he has been brought to the dark side. Bill Belichick put up the hood and he said, welcome to the dark side. The, the twist uh brian burns is now out with a, a, an ankle injury so mac jones is truly a patriot um the other thing that stands out christian barrymore who's been outstanding uh for them at defensive tackle they took a chance on him but unlike the the raiders um with some of the their draft picks um in terms of character he they have developed him and yeah it i i Sam Darnold could very well lose that starting job. Just a, an absolute nightmare. Um, so much for Adam Gase being the issue. I'm not sure whether it was because McCaffrey was coming back off the injury too soon or whether it was just great scheming by Belichick and his defense, but they didn't allow McCaffrey to get outside on the perimeter all night long. He had he, he finished the game at 106 yards, but they were allowing him to run up the middle. Um, it was a great defensive performance. I mean, the pick six as well, but Darren threw three interceptions in the game and critical ones, two in the red zone, one in the end zone. Obviously, that was then brought back for a touchback and then obviously the pick six, which puts the game away. And uh, Mac Jones didn't have the best of games yesterday, I'd say, but and he had some really kind of dubious shows. But the one that I felt was really good was the fact that when he struggled on one particular drive, the next drive, he drives him down and Hunter Henry gets the touchdown, shows the player. And the Patriots, they're ticking along nicely. Five to five and four, you know, for a team that we all felt was done and dusted very early in the season, they're they're going in the right direction. Shout out to Irish Panthers watching the show tonight. Thank you for your comments, man. Hopefully, you get a win next week. Um, Chargers, Eagles, Chargers get the win. Giants get the win against the Raiders. Both those games, Colin Anahan, stand out. Both those games for me, uh, it was how poor the Raiders were in New York. Um, 
to to me, I suppose the the standout from those two was Herbert, um, who had a little bit of a blip, obviously in the the last two games, um, but he was outstanding uh, against the the Eagles. He he, he was really really good. Thirty two of thirty eight, three hundred and fifty six yards, three touchdowns, two two of those passing, one uh, running in. Um, I I thought, yeah, he he was he was really really good. The Eagles put it up to him, but no, Her- Herbert was the the difference in in that game. The Eagles' defense uh, gave up eighty percent completion rate to Herbert yesterday. Five quarterbacks this season have done that. They don't seem to change this game, no matter what's been put on them. They just won't amend in game, which is is shocking. And Hurts only threw for seventeen. He, he only had seventeen throws yesterday. So again, and the completion rate was wasn't wasn't very good. So. Again, I'm not sold on him. For the Giants game, um, I've been banging the drum for the last few weeks about how well the Giants defense has been playing and forced them. We didn't get what we deserved last Monday night in Kansas City. The week before that, it was it's only the Panthers. Last week, it was whether the Chiefs aren't playing well offensively. And this week, well, we were playing against one of the, the best offenses in the league this year. And people will probably put it down to the fact that they've had their own issues this week with the rogue situation. But Giants defense played really well yesterday. The, the Raiders were 1-6 and six in the red zone, including the missed field goal, which was a gimme that Iman Carlson swung left so it's a big win Giants are going on a boy now and uh, I'm looking at the schedule there's winnable games for the Giants you know coming down the line season I actually put a, I put a comment Brian in the private chat there saying uh, Freeman had a good game Devontae Booger had a good game really really good game he's, he's doing really well in New York and fair, fair play because difficult situation there with um, Saquon Barkley and they, they oh, over, 100, under, over 100 yards rushing yesterday for Booker Booker's been a really good player this year in fairness to get him and like, people give him a lot of stick and I know quite people questioned Gallman leaving and Booker coming in Booker's been a really consistent winner good to see him being given a chance at a franchise uh, let's very quickly before we bring Mr Rooney on look at the 49ers Cardinals game you know I don't know why the hell I picked the 49ers in this game I actually sat here and said Jimmy G was going to play good. Jimmy G had like 300 yards passing, two touchdowns, one interception. G- Jimmy G wasn't the problem yesterday. Jimmy G no. made some made some really good throws and the no protection. Him. Well, Kittle fumbles on the on the opening drive. Then they get into the red zone and Debo Samuel fumbles. And they're down 14 nil. Uh, Shanahan then quickly goes away from the run game because obviously he's trying to cap- play catch up and leaves him struggling with an offensive line that went down with a lot of injuries yesterday. And they're going up against Colt McCoy, with all due respect, Hopkins is out, and AJ Green is out. And they're playing at home. They've only won... They, I don't think they've won a home game this season. They're one and five in the last six games. Like, it's just gone horribly wrong for them. Kyle Shannon looks a very frustrated soul on the sideline. But um, that's I think that's their opportunity lost because we touched on it at the weekend show for them to get themselves back in with an opportunity. And for uh, the only thing I was saying the cards... James Conner last year with the Cedars looked like he was banged up. He looked like he was he wasn't old, but he looked old. 171 yards rushing yesterday, three touchdowns. He's completely re-energized since he's gone over there. And it's been a while since the uh, Cards have had a really strong running back. I know they have very much a running back by committee the last couple of years, so he's he's having a great season there. You you have to say 49ers fans beginning to to turn um beginning to get very annoyed and um michael silver who's joined us on the show previously had a really good piece kind of analyzing it and he had a quote from a veteran player who he said good teams have an identity ours what is it and that's a huge issue the the what is the 49ers identity are they uh are they a rushing offense are they a passing offense what what 
why did they why did they draft Lance if they're not going to play him? What was the point in giving up the the farm for him? It's uh, it's a big mess uh, right now in in San Francisco, and uh, it will be very interesting to see the second half of the season and can Kyle Shanahan get it figured out? Given the contract he's on, I don't know how warm that seat is. It might he might get uh, another year to sort it, but it has been definitely a season of frustration in San Francisco. Article article during the week that uh, it's suggesting that there was trouble in the, behind the scenes in the management team because. Shanahan was all in on Mac Jones and the decision was taken out of his hands towards the draft when he went to a trade answer and he wasn't happy with what, what was done. And there's a mismatch, mismatch now in terms of what he feels and what Lynch thinks. So interesting to see how it plays out. Interesting how it plays out. Also interesting to see how tonight's game plays out. Uh, you've got the Bears going up against the Steelers at Heinz Field. Delighted to be joined by Tommy Rooney. Tommy, now we had you in Dublin in August, man. Welcome back in. I know I I know we're not in Ireland anymore, but uh, a pleasure to have you on, man. Tommy's oh on mute. Are you on mute, Tommy? This is always going to happen. Oh. <laughs> it might be, and you know what it might be, man. Seriously, and this happens a lot. Don't worry. You might have to refresh your browser or something or your microphone. It's all good. Um, these things happen. It's good. Let's see if it works. No, it's not again. working. I tell you what, I'm gonna. Uh, yeah, he's, he's coming. Back. I don't know. Go, go for a brand my win. Yeah, I was just gonna say we haven't touched on the fact that the Falcons went in and beat the Saints yesterday. You know, um, they only gave up. Um, the, the Saints only gave up 26 yards rushing. <laughs> Trevor Simeon MVP. And they um, they found a way, and, and like we're starting to see a different Falcons because we've seen in the past where they're losing these nail biters, but they found a way to go down and win the game at the end. Cordell Parsons this season, what a player! Absolutely, Tommy. Can you can, can you communicate, or it might be your phone, or let's see. Yeah, yeah it's tell you what, man. Seriously, this will work. Come on your cell phone, okay? It'll work on your cell phone. It should work, okay? See you in a second. See you in a second. Uh, sorry, the, Tommy, other, the, awful other, live. the other thing, um, yeah, around the, the Falcons is how well Maddie Ice is playing. Yeah. He he wanted that so badly yesterday. And uh, was pleased uh, for him and for Arthur Smith uh, to get to get that. They've lost some really heartbreaking games th- this year, so to see them um, get that one when it really mattered was uh, was a nice kind of bounce of the ball for them. Yeah, for the Saints, it's a bit of a having beaten the, the Bucks last week within the division to lose that game, and it's a, you know those games are, that's the problem that division they're so up and down. We've seen in the past. Teams going in and winning. Here we are now. We'll move away from that game. We'll talk about tonight's game. Tommy, please tell me. Yeah, it's working. I, I I can hear you. How's it going, man? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. How are you? I apologize. I apologize for that. It's all here. It's fine. It's it happens like at least one guest every week or every two weeks, and it's like it's fine. Don't worry. Um, first off, Tommy, welcome in, man. Like, look, we can talk about your time in Ireland and stuff, but. We're, it's hard to believe we went from being in Dublin in August, having a couple of pints, having some crack, and now we're sitting week nine of the NFL season. How have you found the uh, Steelers so far? Uh, you know, it was, it was a rough start, and I will say that I was at the Green Bay game, and after that game it seemed like all hope may have been lost at that point. Uh, the offense was really struggling, and Big Ben looked like – how everyone was saying he was going to look eventually. And I was a little worried at that point. But I will say that recently we have kind of gotten away from that. The offensive line has been steadily progressing. Um, and Najee's having a little bit more room to run, which has helped. 
Um, and the Bears defense is 24th against the run. So hopefully that is the formula for t tonight, but we'll see. Tommy, before we go to tonight's game, just to get um, your thoughts as a, as a Steelers fan, but the Mike Tom, that question at the press conference, yeah. uh, as, as a non-Steelers fan, but just as a, an NFL fan, I was livid that, you know, somebody would put that out there. What were your thoughts as a, as a Steelers fan? I mean, you know, as a fan of the NFL in general, you look at the three guys who have been doing it for the longest and who have been at the top, Andy Reid, Sean Payton, Bill Belichick, and Mike Tomlin as well. And as Mike Tomlin said, those guys aren't getting questions like that. Uh, it is completely disrespectful for someone who has been as successful as he has, never had a losing season. Um, everybody knows how good of a coach he is. And I feel like that it was probably just trying to get a little bit of publicity up for the job which is part of the game. But as Coach Tomlin said, uh, there aren't a lot of jobs that are better than being the head coach of the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, I thought that question was a little ridiculous. Tommy, you touched on the game in Lambeau in Green Bay. In fairness, was the game was, I suppose, was never in doubt. The defense played reasonably well that night. The defense played really well in Buffalo on the opening weekend of the season. And again, last week in Cleveland. I mean, if, if Big Ben can just not throw interceptions and just you know, manage the offense. It's a defense that's going to win games, yeah? Yeah, and the thing about the Buffalo game is that we weren't blitzing a lot in that game. And I think that that might be something that we get back to tonight against Justin Fields, who's a running quarterback, uh, playing a lot of zone and not having a lot of open rushing lanes for him to scramble and get out. I think that is probably something that we're going to try to do tonight, uh, hopefully. And, you know, hit, he had 100 yards rushing last week. So he's definitely a legitimate threat in the rushing game. And I think that, the way to slow that down is to play a lot of zone. So we'll see. Tommy, outside of the Steelers, I know I'm going away from the Steelers, but who has impressed you that you maybe thought wouldn't happen? And we, we were very down in the Chiefs before you came on. Who has shocked you nine weeks in? Well, it might be recency bias, but I mean, the Tennessee Titans are looking like they might be one of the best, if not the best team in the league right now. I mean, Derrick Henry going down was obviously huge. And the, the Rams were favored very heavily last night, and the Titans never looked back once they took the lead. And it, it, it is a little bit scary that they can be that good without Derrick Henry. And so I would say the Titans are the most surprising team right now. Tommy, um, just before the, the season kicked off, uh, TJ got the deal done, and we heard that uh, you know he uh, didn't listen to his agent. He walked into the office. He said, I want to be a, a Steeler. I want to get this done. So let's get it over the line. What was that? What did that mean to Steelers Nation? I mean, TJ is one of, if not the favorite guy, uh, I would say, for most Steeler fans right now. He just embodies what a Steeler is uh, on and off the field. And I think that everybody kind of knew that the deal was going to get done at some point. And it is very cool to see that TJ is the one that ended up just being like, let's get this done. Let's play football. And I think that everybody was really pumped about that. And I mean, in my opinion, he's the defense player of the year thus far. I think he's earned every, every penny that he got in that contract. And I think that he's the best player on defense in the NFL this year. So. Tommy, you'd say the Steelers are quietly going about their business. I mean, everybody was talking about the Bengals having, I suppose, a, a great start to the season. We've had the, the Browns and the Beckham situation last week. And then, the, look, Lamar Jackson is Lamar Jackson. And the Steelers, yeah, are second in division. The Bears tonight, Lions are home next week. 
before going to the charges, but that's for another day. I mean, these are two crucial games, to, you know, and they're well within an opportunity of the playoffs, you know? Yeah, a hundred percent. I it was it was like how we were talking uh, when I was in Dublin with you guys. Um, I I think it's good that we are kind of being under the radar and that the Browns can be in the news every day with the Odell situation and credit to the Bengals. They have been playing a lot better than I thought they were going to. So they deserve to be talked about. Um, But I think that we are in a really good spot right here and that we could very, very quietly put ourselves in good position. Um, And I will just say that the Steelers are 19 and 0 on Monday night football since 1991. So that's a little cheeky stat there for you, but. Something to look for. I mean, hopefully we don't lose to the Lions. I mean, that would be heartbreaking. But <laughs> Well, as a Broncos fan, I think we actually broke our 23-year record or something being on Monday Night Football this year. That's how bad it is for us. Actually, I was going to ask you about your show, but very quickly got a little bit of breaking news, boys. A little bit of breaking news. It's a comment from Sam McCora here saying, guess who just opened a roster spot? Mike Rice is reporting the Patriots have waived uh, center James Ferenc opening a spot on their 53-man roster. Twitter is going mad. Tommy, what do you think? OBJ to New England? I mean, you know, that's a, a typical Patriots move right there, but I'm sure that he'll be great for them and they'll win the Super Bowl. So good for them. <laughs> Mark must have, Mark isn't here tonight who you would have met in the wheelchair. Mark must be out there, you know, has it with his with his legal cap on helping uh, orchestrate that move, yeah? <laughs> Getting the salary cap then. Trying to get Tommy, when you joined us over the, the summer, you were telling us a little bit about the, the Boys Upstairs show. How's that been going? Uh, it's, it's been going really well. It's something that me and my, my friends and my brothers um, have started. And we actually last week had Marcus Graham of NFL Network come on and interview him, which was a really cool opportunity. Um, he was a great guy. And so we hope to just continue to be able to have cool things like that um, and try to get uh, conversations out of people from our perspective, which is like, college kids that you might not get from a typical interview so i think that that's kind of the draw um and it's a a relaxed sports show that i think uh is kind of like a satirical way of looking at a lot of like the the popular sports shows from a a college kids perspective but thank you for uh for bringing it up tommy we ask all our all our guests about their irish heritage so we don't have to do that because we've had you on before thankfully and uh, we asked all our guests for a pick for each game and tonight is no different and bearing in mind, you've just said that you're 19 and 0 in Monday Night Football. I think you're. We know where we're going with this one, but fire ahead. Why are the Steelers going to win tonight? Uh, well, I, I have to preface it by saying that just because I don't want to jinx it, I've never bet on a Steelers game. Never, you know, just be out of respect for the fact that I don't want to feel like I'm the reason we lost. However, Big Ben is also undefeated while wearing the color rush jerseys, which we're wearing tonight. So something to keep in mind there as well. I definitely think that seven and a half is. Uh, or seven, I think is the line now. I think that that we can probably probably cover that. So I like our chances tonight, but again, I don't want to jinx it. So, well, Tommy, you're a gentleman. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. I, I encourage everyone to check out your show. I'll tag it on Twitter. And on the day that uh, the U.S. opened its borders to everybody in Europe, we, we hope to get over soon. And all, all the best to you and your family, man. And enjoy the game tonight. Thank you, guys. Appreciate you having me on. Have a have a good one. Enjoy the game as well. Cheers, Tommy. Thank you, thank you. That is Tommy Rooney from the Boys Upstairs show. Obviously, we had Tommy and his father on uh, Rooney family in August in Dublin. Uh, Pleasure to have them on. I I put a tweet out earlier on guessing the games for international next year. Could the Steelers play the Patriots in Dublin? Sweet Jesus and Nazareth, what happens? But boys, 
before we get the game picks very quickly, that 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 could be huge news. It looks like that could be Odell going to. Uh, do, do we have the uh, the waiver wire? Because I'm I'm reading one here. They're saying if he's if he's no, they're not saying he's not going to the ring. They're saying is Seattle Seahawks are 100 going to take him if they can. But if the Patriots are ahead of them on the waiver wire. That's I'm not sure the waiver wire now. I, I can check that because I'm actually doing something else at the moment because I'm obviously a whiz kid on a computer. I will <laughs> find that out. Uh, I, to be honest with you, this could be a situation a bit like, you know, like the, the quarterback that threw the toys out of the pram, Eli Manning, back in the day. Odell might ring up the phone and go, I'm not going to you, so don't even well, think of been, taking... Yeah, you're right, actually. In fairness, they've been speculating that all day. There's a number of reports out today saying if he gets picked up by a team in the, in the top 10 in the waiver wire, they're having... They're having an unsuccessful season, he's not going to play for them. So he's look at you, you're quick to the old. I know, I know. What do you think, Colin? Odell yeah. in New England? Can my life get any worse? Well, we just talked earlier how they had taken the, the chance on uh, Christian Barrymore, who there were character concerns about, and they have turned him into uh, a very, very good uh, player. Uh, but do they have the, the cap space? My understanding was that they had about $4 million in, in cap space. So I don't know. Maybe that center move <coughs> is enough. But um, that is the, the other consideration is um, can, the team, not only does Odell have to want to join, but the team has to have the, the cap space in order to, to make it happen. This is Robert Kraft. Come yeah. on, Crafty, crafty. I think they'll find a way of, of uh, adjusting their calf to, make, to get him in. Um, one interesting note on this, if they do pick him up, do you know who the Patriots play this weekend? Not the Giants. No, the Browns. The Browns. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. God. Do you think that's on score, yeah? Well, we'll find out tomorrow night, but this yeah. league just keeps on giving, keeps on giving. You're talking with Sky there. Would feel a miss to say this, boys. Really enjoyed watching Jason Bell and Sky last night. I don't know if you've seen it, not Colin, but Brian. I think you, you, you've got Sky. Really enjoyed it, Jason. Obviously, a good friend of the show. It was a good crack. Yeah, it was great, and his, his knowledge of the game is second to none. So he was he really fit in very well on the show. It was seamless in terms of how quickly he was able to get on with it. You know, when you know what you're talking about, he was really good, excellent. And I think he's back next week as well. I think he touched on social today that he'll be there next week again. I would speculate he'd be on for a few more weeks yet. Maybe until Jeffrey wins the Grey Cup. Hi, Jeffrey. Um, okay, very quickly, because I tweeted out saying about Odell Beckham potentially going to New, to, to New England, and it's blowing up on social. So just to put it on here to keep people going, that is huge news. I don't think they would waive him unless something was going on, boys. And this is the guy in the know. Like, look at the way he's even wording the tweet. For me, this is typical. If he goes to New England, it's almost as if God is punishing me, Colm, and I just... Uh -huh. Let, let's 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 see what happens um the the i, I mentioned earlier in, in relation to matt jones about grabbing the the ankle uh he he's learned the patriot way perfectly uh he didn't know what was going on he thought that brian burns had the ball apparently what a what a magnificent uh student of bill belichick matt jones is proving to be and will he have a shiny new weapon to show to Sorry, Michael. I'm, uh, yeah. He, look, Belichick was very cute in his press conference today. He said he's a fantastic player. He said all the things that we're used to hearing from Belichick wasn't giving anything away, good or bad, whether he was interested. But uh, he, he maybe he is the kind of player that will put them over the top. In terms of, again, it depends what Odell Beckham you're getting. And um, be interested. If anybody can manage him, I think Bill will be able to manage him. 
Big Bill. He he managed Antonio Brown well, so we'll see. Or he'd end up with Pete Carroll and it'd be an absolute. <laughs> I was I was and I, I know we're gonna get to our game picks in a second presented by Matchbook, but I, I was I was shocked when I seen the talk around Seattle, especially the 49ers. Is he trying to go to story franchises or something? You know, what is the uh, what's the what's the feeling there? Because especially after last night, the 49ers aren't really, you know, in it to win it this year. Sorry, Callum, if, if you don't mind. I don't I don't get to see that one because they've got Metcalf. They've got Lockett. He's not so much as a slot receiver. So where does he fit? And he's, he's going to be the tour receiver, and tour receivers get a small percentage of the, the ball. Odell Beckham's the kind of player where wherever he goes, he'll be expecting to be, you know, the forefront of many an offense. And he wouldn't, I don't think he would have seen that in Seattle. Right. We're, we're going to get our game picks going in a second. Thanks to Tommy for coming on. Thanks to everyone who's watched so far tonight. Thanks to Mark for getting this game pick in in a second. Thanks to Matchbook. Enter the bonus code Irish NFL show at Matchbook Betting Exchange, 15 pounds, 15 euros. Welcome offer money back as cash if your first bet loses. Did our bet win last night, Brian? No, it didn't. Okay. Um, I can't recall who let us down. The Rams let us down. And you're concerned with that. You picked the Titans, so maybe I should have listened, but you're overruled. Um, anyway. Okay. Well, it could have been worse. You could have been waiting on Derek Henry to score a touchdown last week for. 13 1400 euro. I mean, that that could be worse, but I met one guy this morning who had a 10 team accumulator, all with handicaps, not just wins. He had nine up, and the last team to the last team which let him down was the Raiders. Uh, Collins, your OBJ wants to go to the big or wants to be a big dog on the team. He won't go somewhere, he won't be WR1. That week, Brian, where I got every game right bar Monday Night Football, or so, so I, it was one of them. If I had put everything on the six o'clock and nine o'clock games, I probably would have been able to buy a house. In Southside Dublin, so it would have been looked just, after, yeah, yeah, looked after. Uh, what's your thoughts tonight with, with Matchbook? The, the over under is 40, 40, 39 and a half. He dropped down to now. Would you believe? I, I think it'll go over. I am, um, I think, I know, I think it's probably down to the fact that the Steelers' offense has struggled this season, but you're looking at a 23 20 copy game and mm. the over. I think it'll, I think it'll go, it'll go over. Um, What's I'm talking about? Are we, are we going into picture? Yeah, we're going, we're going through seconds. Column Steelers minus seven. So uh, Bears, big outsiders. I guess we should go into picks. Let's get the screens ready. Let's hit it. Uh, Colin, start us off. Who have you got? I I think um, for me, the, the only way I can see the Bears winning this is if it is a low-scoring game. Uh, it's unfortunate they're, they're missing their star pass rusher. Because you know, if if you can get to, to Big Ben and put some pressure on, that's the the way to to get at them. But they don't have that, and I I do think that the Steelers have the front to cause Justin Fields all sorts of, of problems. David Montgomery coming back is is important for the Bears. He was playing unbelievably well uh, just before he went out injured, but can he can he slot straight back in? I think. The Steelers are going to have too much for for this Bears team. Uh, I think Fields will continue to improve uh, as as it goes on, but I just think that this you saw this Steelers team lean on all their knowledge uh, to to beat the the Browns, and I know that the the rivalry that exists there, but I think that they are going to have too much. 
for the the Bears team. It's the the Steelers winning it. It's not going to be explosive, but I think Najee Harris, who's been um, involved in the run game, the pass game, has been so important. He will be an important factor for the Steelers tonight. They go to five and three. If Montgomery comes back at 100%, he's a huge boost. And in fairness, once he's been out with Herbert, the, the second running back has come in, who's kind of under the radar, so obviously going into the season, he's been really effective. So now they've got like a, a combined running back there, which, which should help Justin Fields. But for me, that Bears offensive line is a struggle. We saw it when they went down to Tampa. You know, I, when, we'd argue that the Bucs are the best team in the league, but I'm not sure whether they're the best defense in the league. And they gave him a terrible time, really struggled, and he threw three or four interceptions in the first first half so it's a bit of a boomer bust scenario are we going to see justin fields starting to progress as we saw last week or are we going to go back to the traits of two weeks ago where he's thrown interceptions i think defensively Steelers will be too strong i think Najee harris i think claypool might have a game um i don't think it'll be high scoring either i i think to be honest i think the bears might cover that spread which is seven points i think the Steelers will win close game maybe by a field goal just enough to keep them in the running ahead of that game with detroit next week Brian's taking the Steelers. Column's taking the Steelers. Marcus Mariota. Mark Cockerell is taking the Steelers as well. Uh, I think the game tonight will be the under. I think it'll be under 40 points scored. I think both quarterbacks will struggle. I think Big Ben will struggle. I think Justin Fields is going to struggle big time on a primetime game tonight. I might as well just be honest and say that now. Uh, I don't think he'll get the receptions he needs to get anywhere near where he has to go tonight. And I think Big Ben will hand it off to Najee Harris and get one touch, one, one pass and touchdown as well and win the game. But it will be the under. These teams have got the under so many times this season. And the Steelers, I'm, I'm picking the Steelers. Well, the Steelers to go five and three. A lot of good teams in the AFC around five and three, five and four. Um, yeah, taking the Steelers. Taking the Steelers. Everyone happy enough with that? Yeah, I mean, as we said, lots of teams in around the the five win mark, but um, it helps it helps uh, to have a a coach like Mike Tomlin uh, when when you are looking to make a, a playoff push. Indeedy. Yeah, full house doesn't to be honest doesn't come as a surprise that we're all picking the Steelers. I just feel that they'll their experience will be enough to get them through this game. And he said, don't think it's going to be one of the the better games of the season, but they'll do enough. It'll be grand. Uh, thanks to everybody for watching the show tonight. Thanks for all the picks. But I think we got through every game. Do we miss anything? I think we missed anything, did we? I think we got through all the games, yeah. Give or take. Well, uh, no, no, we didn't. Oh, no, we didn't. The most intriguing game of the weekend. We never touched on that one. The Dolphins uh, no, beat the Texans. No. no, come on. Do you not want to wrap it up with the best game of the weekend? Um, not really. Yeah. Oh, right enough, because Colin picked the Texans. Yeah, what are you with... talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I I went with the the, the Texans, uh, even though I said that they uh, should uh, knock it all down and and start over. But the 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 Dolphins, uh, I don't know if anyone saw the the photo from John McLean and uh, why the Dolphins might be looking for a new QB, um, like. The amount of empty seats. Wow. Oh, it's mad, wasn't it? That's I why I'm convinced. I, I, I am convinced. I, I'm sorry, I know Brian, you're going to make a point. I'm convinced the Dolphins will play in London the next two or three years as a home game. I think the owners don't care anymore. I think, yeah, go to London. We'll, we'll take the money for it. We'll, we'll, we'll split the gate. But that's why I've put it in that guesswork tonight. I think I think the Dolphins will play in Tottenham again next year. 100%. 
Do you know the funny sketch which we've all seen? Anybody who watched the show should know at this stage, which was caught him when he was on his, I wouldn't call it a rant, but he was making his point around the fact that the Texans will be poor this year. And if you, the follow up onto that is Mark Hockle saying, Tyrod Taylor won't turn, turn the ball over. Well, I don't know what Tyrod Taylor was doing yesterday towards the end of the first half because that play, for anybody who watched Red Zone yesterday, where he was trying, it completely just, he was seeing ghosts because he couldn't see a, a Dolphins player standing literally a yard on the field. You know, to take the interception, you try to throw the ball away, throw it away. Don't just flimsy it off with 20 seconds to go in, in the half. It's horrendous. It's a horrendous game. 70 and 9. But as a man who, as I said, on Friday night show or the weekend show, who backed the Dolphins Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, just as well I did because everything else didn't come in this weekend. Yeah, like I, I can't even sit here and go up that I picked the. the... The Jags and and the Titans because some of my other picks were woeful. Uh, but look, if your team won this weekend, I hope you enjoy and I hope you enjoy Monday Night Football. So I'm tempted to watch it tonight. Uh, let's see what happens. But I guess for now, boys, that is it. We're back on Thursday immediately after the Ireland Portugal game. I think it's going to go at nine forty-five. Um, stay with us. A couple of cool guests coming on. To watch this space Thursday night football, which is I don't tell me. I'm going to guess the Ravens against the Miami Dolphins. Big game. Big game for both teams. Big game for the Ravens. Have to win that game. Uh, looking forward to it, boys. Yeah. yeah. I, well, look, I, the, the Ravens are an intriguing team to, to watch. And I think anytime you get to, to see Lamar Jackson, who is Lamar now the, the front runner for uh, MVP after Stafford's performance um, last night? I would... Certainly think so, and I certainly don't think you're putting Josh Allen in there just yet after his performance yesterday. You know, MVPs don't win; players don't win MVPs when they lose to the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, and for the Ravens Thursday night, it's a must-win game because a lot of people are going to look at the schedule now for the remainder of the season. The teams that are challenging for the playoffs and say, "Have we got the Dolphins on our schedule?" Oh, we do. Well, that's a win. So, everybody will be expecting the Ravens to win comfortably on Thursday. But we've seen during the season on Thursday Night Football, there's been some strange games and strange results, so who knows? 9.45 on Thursday will be on for at least an hour. Please join us. Uh, I'll say this now because, again, we're an hour and 15 minutes in. If you are watching this and you comment on YouTube a lot, it's probably going to be pre-recorded because I'm going to the Aviva. So don't be hating this if we don't put your comments out. Please watch it regardless. Appreciate it, lads. Can, See you on Thursday. hour and fifteen. Just to just to say, my favorite tweet of the weekend was Mina Kimes, who said that apparently being the MVP favorite is like that movie where if you have sex, you're the next one to die. She was talking about It Follows, which is on um, uh, Netflix. But somebody responded with a picture of uh, Tim Tebow. Oh God! Wow, that is that is woeful. <laughs> that is woeful. That's us. Yeah, that's us. Okay, okay, folks, enjoy the game tonight. See you on Thursday night at nine forty-five. Come on, the boys. <laughs>